You're listening to the Tidy Revival Podcast, where we explore the stories and emotions behind decluttering and home organization. I'm your host, Carly Adams, home organizer and creator of the clutter-free home process. Now, this is the time where I remind you that this is not a show for little ears. If your kids are in the room, please pause now. This show has an explicit rating. We're going deep. We're going through your shit while we're going through your shit. Now, let's get started. Question of the week. How to help kiddos let go of their stuff so there's more room? Mine seems to be quite the maximalist. So I get this question all the time, and especially depending on the age range, it's super, super common. I actually have a friend that I'm going to be asking to talk more about this on the podcast because it comes up frequently. So if you're feeling this, you're not alone. Something that I encourage parents to do is to help their kids see what of their items are the things that they use, want, need, and love, and what might be sentimental items. Because just like adults, kiddos have sentimental items too. So if there are things that they don't necessarily use, but they do want to keep, but they don't necessarily care about displaying it, but they do want to keep it, at least for this next point in time, start a sentimental bin with them. And I'm going to link an article, I'm sorry, not an article, a blog post that I wrote about preparing, helping prepare your teens for college and kind of what to think about on the front end. One of the things I do talk about is storing sentimental items. And I encourage folks to think about this as early as possible, because even if you have little kids, you're going to want to think about how many, how much storage am I willing to store when kiddos are between the ages of like 18 to 28, you know? So even though it seems such a long ways away, you're going to want to start thinking about it now because that will make a difference in how much you're encouraging your kiddos to keep and kind of what parameters you're setting around storing and what those spatial limits are. And per kid, that can add up quickly, especially depending on how many kids you have. So I'll link that in the show notes and sending you big virtual hugs, helping them thin out what they use, want, need, and love, and setting aside sentimental items are really going to help you get some bandwidth back. Welcome to the show, Missy. Thank you so much for having me here, Carly. Ah, Before we jump in, I wanted to share how we know each other with everyone because we've been connected since 2019 and I consider you one of my closest friends, but we've only met in person once. And this is maybe like the fourth or fifth time we've ever talked live in real time. So yeah. Do you want to tell the story of how we met or? Yes, I'd love to. We met at an organizing conference back in 2019 There was a smaller group of us that then decided to go wine tasting together. And towards the end of the day, some people started heading back. We went to hit one more winery and we just started connecting. We had some really funny and unique things in common. I mean, a love of personal finance and budgets. And then the most unique thing that we discovered is that we both at different times in our life had quit our jobs to travel internationally with our spouse. <laughs> it, <Yeah. it's> just... 
It's not something that you typically find another person in a room who's like, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, so, oh, go ahead. Sorry. sorry, I was just going to say, what can I say? It was a strong foundation for friendship if there ever was one. And we've been able to stay in touch through WhatsApp, which is an incredible tool. Yes, yes, we do. So we we have only talked live, like in real time, a number of times, like a handful of times, including this one. I really do think this might be number like five total. Yeah, um, I was going to say maybe four. <laughs> but we talk on WhatsApp using voice messages back and forth constantly, often daily or multiple times a day. And it is usually about business, but a lot of times we're just talking about status updates, what's going on. We're talking about below deck. Lately, we've been talking about the weather. I mean, oh my just... gosh, I know because it's been very, very stormy here in Northern California, where we at the time of this recording, we're just coming out of these major storm systems back to back. And then Missy gets a lot of snow where she lives. So I hear yes. about your adventures with your driveway. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota winters. Gotta love them. Yeah, it's, we've had a lot going on this winter. To add to the random things we have in common, it's worth noting that we are both drinking, not planned. I didn't even know you own this, but we apparently have the same plastic green tumbler from Target that we're both hydrating with today right now. So we were like, of course, of course we are drinking from the same cup. Why not? Just add it to the list of the weird, random, unique things that we have in common. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Me too. Can you tell us who you are and what you do in the world? I would love to. I'm an auntie to seven lovely humans that I adore. I'm also, I I used to have a really black thumb and I've been trying to have a green thumb. I used to kill my plants all the time. And the pandemic gave me lots of opportunities to start collecting more. Yes, <laughs> so ditto. My collection has maybe become a little, not out of control, but expansive. And I love it. And I just love learning new things and yeah. Anyways, that's been fun for me. I'm also a wine aficionado wannabe. Like I love trying new wines. I've been out to California many times, ironically, not since the last time in 2019. Otherwise I would have seen Carly again. Yeah. Yeah. But she'll be here this year. That's true. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I, I like to try a lot of different wines. And I like to dance as often as possible. I'm trying to incorporate more like fun and playfulness into my life. And dance mm -hmm. is a fun way to do that. I did not grow up like dancing or ever took a dance class, but mm -hmm. it's just been kind of fun to experiment with. So, and then in my day-to-day -day life, I help people declutter and organize and um, create systems for their homes just to make their life a little bit more easier. And it's very high on the list of the most rewarding things that I get to do. I love it. I grew up in a messy home, created one myself for years and before organizing my own space from top to bottom and then teaching myself how to kick the habits that created all the clutter in the first place. So I love helping other people live lighter with more peace and calm in their homes as well. Awesome. And uh, tell us your business name and where you're located too. Sure. It's Clear Spaces Professional Organizing and I'm based in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Soto. Yeah, which is why we don't see each other because we're a little <laughs> far away, but True. that's okay because we're in close contact. Are we friends on social media yet? Whether your jam is Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, or Facebook, follow us at Tidy Revival for tips and updates. So we are here to talk about a couple of books about ADHD that we've both used as resources for clients. 
And as a disclaimer, you will quickly see neither of us are experts on the topic by any means, but it comes up a lot for both of us with our clients, with my students. And I know we've both recommended these a lot. In fact, I know that the first book we're going to talk about, you recommended to me. So we're going to dig into these two books that we love. And let's start with Organizing Solutions for People with ADHD by Susan Pinsky. And I will have these linked in the show notes as well. But can you tell us, I know we both have a couple of favorite things we've picked about each book. So I'll let you kick it off with your first one. Sure. What I loved about this book was just really the person who wrote it was thinking about it from a very ADHD perspective, which just gave me a lot of insight because I started having more and more clients come to me and tell me up front that they had ADHD. And I was like, I should make sure that I, you know, can learn more about this to better help and serve um, the people that I'm working with. And one idea that that came from this book was talking about, it's a really simple idea, but it's just having cleaning supplies in every bathroom. They said they really tried to push you away from having all of the cleaning products in one area because they said if someone with ADHD will go to that space then to go grab the cleaning products to clean the bathroom. And by the time that they've gotten on the way there or on the way back, they've like seen something else or gotten distracted by something else and it just doesn't happen. So they're like, to make it as simple as possible, keep things as close to where you use them as humanly possible, which when I read that, I was like, well, yeah, that makes total sense. And it just from an efficiency standpoint, but it was really helpful to understand the why behind it. I love it. I found that a lot of her advice was definitely super practical and that probably was my favorite, like my first favorite thing. Cause this is the first book that I read about organizing specifically for ADHD Mm-hmm. And I loved that in the beginning, so the way the book is kind of two portions. The beginning gives you kind of an overview and talks about some practical tips. And then the second half is room by room guides, which I'll dig into for my second point. But in the first part, I was really happy to learn that the advice was really, a lot of the advice she was giving was really similar to advice that I was already giving clients. Yes. All all clients. Yes. And it wasn't, and I know you and I share a lot of same ideals about organizing and using decluttering as a foundation and really simplifying things. I mean, your business name is Clear Spaces. And so to see those principles as they applied to folks with ADHD, I was like, oh my gosh, I just felt so much better because seeing simplicity as a focus in ways that I was thinking about already, it didn't feel daunting. Like I felt like I was on the right track, but it was also good to really learn kind of like the why and brain function reasoning, why this is important and why it's important to do it certain ways. Yeah, I I agree completely. It was very validating to go through it and be like, oh, great. I already do that. I already do that. And just to know that it's helpful for everybody. Okay, point two. I love this idea because this is something I do for myself too. But when it was talking about closets specifically, a lot of people can't be bothered to to open a lid for something or to put it back is even harder. So open mm-hmm. bins for different clothing separated by types is, is such a helpful tip for folks with ADHD because it's just easy to like grab and go, toss it back in. Some of the people that I've worked with just could care less how it looks as long as it's quick and easy and functional. Mm-hmm. 
Totally. And the lids thing was really a game changer. And I have found that many, like as you end up talking with clients about solutions and kind of asking, okay, which of these options feels better is kind of where I start with things. The no lid situation, people feel very strongly about lids versus no lids. Sometimes in ways I'm shocked about. Sometimes I'm like, but this would be insanely easier. And they're like, no, I want a lid. And you're like, oh, okay. But if it but if it feels better to you, then that is the answer. And the no lid made so much sense. And I feel like for most situations for folks with ADHD, a lot of my clients tend to gravitate towards clear bins, no lid. Mm-hmm. Yes, a hundred percent. And that's because where they I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a client recently, we were redoing a closet and they decided they wanted to be able to see a little bit and not completely see through. And so we used the, they're called the chancellor baskets at the container store. My brain always says chancellor baskets. They're not, but friends saying chancellor baskets and you know, they're white. I think they also come in gray, but then they have little slits in them. And my client found that was enough so that they could just get a peek and kind of see the levels of how high things were. So if they were running out of socks or running out of underwear, they could see it, but it also wouldn't be distracting because they have an open closet and it faces the rest of their room. So they were like, if it's clear, it's going to be too visually distracting. I need to not be distracted, but be able to see a little bit. So that plus labels equals system. And it has been a record breaking it's a system that has been kept up for a record-breaking amount of time in the household. I'm very happy about that. We had a meeting yesterday. It's amazing. Um, yeah, right? I was like, yes, we did it. But it's collaboration. It wasn't just me saying, you got to do this. You know, it's a lot of that, that back and forth. I really love that this group, this book has room guides. So I'll be honest, I never read it cover to cover. I read the beginning and then I kind of glanced through it. But sometimes if I have a client who specifically has ADHD or a family member does, and then we're working through a specific room, I'll use it just as a reference guide in an ongoing basis. And they even have things, well, here comes Stanley. They even have things like, it's not just bedrooms, but they also have, it's like bedrooms and teen bedrooms. They might even have children bedrooms. I imagine they do, or I know they have playrooms, but there's just it gets into very, very specific instructions and there's photos and all in all, it's over 200 pages. So it's a pretty, pretty chunky book in a great way. I agree. It's super helpful to just use as a reference. Like you mentioned, I am a little bit of a book nerd. So I did read it cover to cover. Cause I just like, let's take in all the information. Yeah. I- But it's been really helpful just to have that foundation because everybody's ADHD manifests itself differently. And you touched on such a great point too. It might not necessarily be the client themselves, but somebody else in the home, a child, a partner, whatever, and making sure that we're setting up a system that's going to be easy and intuitive for them as well to maintain. Yeah. Yeah. Really having that buy-in from the household is so important. Like with this, this client that I'm working on, right now they're a tween and so I it's very important that we are working with them versus telling them how the room should go because when tweens and teens especially have buy-in about placement and systems they're infinitely more likely to keep it up and 
there have been multiple times in my career where in working with a teen or a tween, we've come up with either unconventional systems or they have ideas of things I wouldn't have thought about, but because it works better for them and we run with it and lean into it, it's a win-win because the room is kept up, but there is a system in place. It just might not be the one that I was thinking of originally. Right. Yeah. And and oftentimes, especially that age you're talking about in the teens too, they they have an idea of exactly what they want. They just need help getting it there. Yeah, exactly. And we were teens once and it's hard. You don't have you don't have the resources, you don't have the car, like you don't have the, the things you need to make it happen. So it's it's really fine when we can help people do that. Right. This episode is brought to you by the Clutter-Free Home Process, my online course community that teaches you the process I use with every client, including how to declutter and get things out of your home. Yes, including the tough stuff. We're also going to create simple systems and learn how to maintain it, all with personalized support and accountability along the way for six months. Learn more at tidyrevival.com forward slash course. And then we also wanted to touch on a second book that we both love. So we're excited to talk about this book. And actually, by the time this airs, the author of this book, Lisa Woodruff, her episode will have been last week. So I'm excited to dig into this book a little bit more. And you at home might be thinking that I'm obsessed with it. And the answer is yes. Yes, I am. So it's how ADHD affects home organization, understanding the role of the eight key executive functions of the mind. And Missy, I'm going to let you dive into your favorite thing first. Okay. Well, my favorite thing is that she started, she kicked the book off with the eight executive functions of how the brain works. Because I've noticed, and Carly, I'm sure you've noticed this too, that, you know, different people who have ADHD, it manifests itself in so many different ways. And so I was reading this, I was like, oh, this is wildly helpful in really breaking it down. Um, And I don't know if I may have shared this with you, but I'm just starting to explore that if I may have ADHD, I have one client who's been strongly campaigning for this for like a year. She's like, Missy, you think how I think. And she's like, I think you have it. I think you should, you know, look into it more. But as I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay. I can see this in me too. So it was really, really interesting and really helpful um, to just see like, okay, if it's executive functioning, this is what this looks like. And then in my second favorite part of the book, I'm going to pick on one of those specifically, but I'll stop there so you can share about your favorite. Yeah, yeah. No, I I truly love that too. I think I talk about that a little bit in the the second, my second example. But in the beginning, another thing that I like specifically is, I mean, this is page 20, uh, 24. So she jumps into it really, really quickly. 23, excuse me. This one goes back. So that as she's kicking it off, she's talking, you know, about why I'm breaking down the intro. Like the intro is very, very helpful. It has a lot of gold in there. And I love her three tips that always work, which is, and I'm just going to break them down here because they're so, so good. She phrases them differently, but it's essentially getting accountability. She talks about the importance of hiring an organizer. This is something we talk about a lot in our group because accountability and accountability and having folks around you who are cheering you on is such a big, important part of that. Also figuring out structure and routines, i.e. making a plan is also a huge focus for her three things. And then the last one is having less stuff, which I think is can sometimes be 
overlooked as far as importance. But if you're stressed out about too much stuff, having less stuff is guaranteed to be part of an answer that helps you. And it's not about, it's not about restriction, but it's really about examining your personal habits and examining what, what is excess and what you don't need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you, you know, that's our favorite part is to start with decluttering. Oh my gosh. My favorite, favorite part. It's amazing. It is because it, it gives you the most lasting results. Cause once, once the items you don't need use and love are out of your house, they're out of your house for good. And so you have all that space back and that yep. mental space back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could go on a tangent, but. Oh, you can. <laughs> no, it's just, you know, the physical stuff is so connected to the emotional stuff. So when people are like, oh, you know, they hear that you're a professional organizer and they're like, oh my gosh, I need you to like organize my mind. And I'm like, well, organizing the physical stuff really will give you that same result because a lot of people have that, that mental, I don't know if it, I don't know whether I want to call it a mental block, but the mental weight of knowing that there's a space in their house that's bugging them or multiple spaces where they just can't seem to get it quite right, or they can't stay on top of it, or, you know, there's, there's no system or something's not working. Right. But then when you do come in and you work with people to find out what do you actually need and how can we create this so that it works with your lifestyle and you find that system, that's the right fit. All of a sudden there's this mental energy that's suddenly freed up as well as the physical mm -hmm. space in their home. And those two are so closely tied. I feel like our physical environments reflect what's going on in our, in our heads a lot mm -hmm. of time, especially if we're going through a transition or, you know, something big is happening. So anyway, yeah. super passionate about it. Of course. <laughs> no, I remember when I was going through my clutter-free journey, because you and I have very similar origin mm -hmm. stories as far as getting into organization. And I used to spend so much time even just getting ready for the day. And it would take me it could take me like 45 minutes easy to find an outfit. And these days it's always less than five minutes, always. And even if I'm, even if I'm going to an event, cause it'll either be, usually it's, I'm going to rewear something in a small collection I have. And I just rotate out those occasion dresses until I'm tired of them. And then I let them go and get a new one to replace this cycle. Sometimes I might have to get an outfit, but rarely. So it's, I'm not, I really don't like that feeling of being stressed about what to wear for an, a large event. But anyway, that's beside the point. The point is you only have so much bandwidth for making decisions all day. And so even something as simple that seems like it wouldn't be a big deal of streamlining my closet means that I haven't used up 20 decisions in the first hour of my day thinking, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And instead it's just bloop, 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 done. And then I just put on an outfit because I know everything works. And I know if you listen to the podcast a lot, you're like, lady, you use this example frequently. And I do because it's changed my life that dramatically. But yeah, we only have so much bandwidth and these little things running through our head can just use it up so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It can weigh us down and clog things up. And yes, life is better with less. Yes, truly. Okay, second favorite thing about this book. Okay, my second favorite thing is when Lisa talks about perfectionism and how it kind of 
it can kind of stop ADHD in its tracks. She often repeats in her books, like done is better than perfect. And it's so, so true. I have one client who has ADHD and she really responded to the phrase, like, let's just try it. Because on her own, she was used to being, you know, just looking to an expert to be told, you know, buy this organizer for this item and it'll change your life. And so she would. And then when it didn't, she told me, she's like, I feel like a failure because I did what they said to do. And mm. And like, that's really a defeating message and, and just a crummy feeling in general. So when we would work together, I, I would say things like, let's just try this for a week and see how this feels. And then if we need to make adjustments, we can tweak it. And, and we could, and we did on some things, but for some things she was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. But we don't know it until we try it. And I feel like there's, sometimes there's this idea behind organizing that there's one exact right way to do it. And if you don't find it, then you're just screwed. Yes. <laughs> and, it's, and it's not true. There's a bunch of different ways and it's really finding, you described it as like what feels right when we were chatting right before this, you know, what, what feels best to you. And that's a huge part of it is working so closely with your client to, to help them understand what feels right to you and what's going to feel the most intuitive to you. Because that's the goal is to create something that's a simple enough system that they can maintain it once we're gone. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I know that you're always saying this too, but we don't live in our client's house. You, you guys do. And so it's important that the system is something that you feel confident that it's simplistic enough to run with it and keep it up. And I know when I was a younger organizer, I was really focused on you know, I really wanted to like blow people away with these innovative designs I've never seen before. And I realized quickly that that was stupid because <laughs> to really just focus on creating the most simplistic solution in the world. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You just need to look at a space and say, how can we, how can we organize it and maintain it as simply as possible? And that really needs to be the focus. Right. Right. Done is better than perfect. Thank that you, is, Lisa. I don't think perfect. Thank you. I love that this book is all about learning how your brain works. Like we talked about the executive functions and every, so she goes through the executive functions and then she also gives really specific examples about what that means, how it ties into ADHD, suggestions about how that applies to real life as far as organization, and then what to do with the issue that you're having for each one. So like for flexible thinking, she was talking about how she was organizing a bedroom drawer and the, the organizer she had weren't working. And it was, it was a bedside table drawer. So the organizers she had weren't working. They were more square and like what she needed to fit in, it didn't fit. So she, you know, got the dimensions, went to the store and she was looking for organizers that fit, but she realized that the, you know how stores are kind of laid out by room. And mm -hmm. so she started with that room, but wasn't finding what she looked for. So then she started looking in other sections as well, bathroom, home office, kitchen and she found that what ended up working for her was like a desk organizer it just had what she needed as far as compartment sizing and it fit the space great and so she ended up working with that but she was like if I'd been so rigid in my thinking I wouldn't have even gone to the home office section because I wouldn't have had it in my brain that that 
could be an option. So she was like, just, you know, even flexible thinking in that way of what solutions could be helpful for this. Like, I don't know, in our work, sometimes I end up using like bungees or something in the most random whatever, but it's the thing where you're like, and now this isn't moving or, you know, whatever it is. And it's just things like that, where you have to kind of think slightly outside the box, but a lot of times that can be easier if you are an organizer who's working in all sorts of rooms all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, hon, are you looking to jumpstart your organization? Check out my free printable decluttering guide to give you inspiration on where to start. Just head to tidyrevival.com forward slash guide to get started. As another organizer who regularly works with folks with ADHD, what do you want people to know about ADHD and home organization? I think one of the most helpful things that I have found the, the people, the clients that I'm working with, with ADHD, a lot of them say to me, Missy, I don't do this when you're not here. And I think it was actually the first book by Susan Pinsky that, that first talked about this, about body doubling. Mm-hmm. Lisa touches on it a little bit as well. But body doubling, if you're not familiar with it, is this idea where having another person, even just in the room, well, where when you are doing a task that is not enjoyable, so something that you've been putting off for a while, they don't have to be doing the task with you. They could be reading a book, doing their own thing, whatever. But just that physical presence is really helpful for folks with ADHD to just help them focus and to have that built-in accountability. And so when you're hiring an organizer, there that's a huge part of it is the body doubling, but then they're also helping you do the thing that you've been putting off that you want to get done, but you just don't seem to have the motivation to get started with it. And, and I just have found that to be really valuable for my clients and, and they get it like, you know, because they're, they are saying like, you know, I've had this task on my to-do list for how long? I mean, some clients have been like, this has looked this way for 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is, Yeah. especially if there's like a room or a space that's kind of become the dumping zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to have someone come in and really help with that, it's just, um, I, I keep referring to like the weight that's lifted, but it is like, you see it, you see it when you're at the end of the session where people are like, oh my gosh, I feel calmer. or The house feels more peaceful now. Like you're just making those steps to help them reach their goals. Yeah. Absolutely. And about the bodily body doubling, I found that that is so true as well. And many of my ADHD clients talk about that also. And something interesting that came up for us, I know this is kind of a plug, but it just has to be said. We have a lot of time built into my private community in the Q&A calls and then these longer stretches of time that are called Day of Tidy, where we put together, we, we basically set aside three hours and whoever is free can come during any and all of that time. But even the Q&A calls, we have mandated both of these times can be set aside for people to work on their own projects. So there's no pressure to have your camera on, to always have your sound on, to always be in the moment with the call because some people have found it really helpful to use that time and have it set aside like body doubling. And even though it's not in person, having other people there as your accountability partners, even virtually has worked too. So I just found that to be really, really thing. And that people have said specifically, I didn't think this was going to be possible virtually, but 
I'm still getting the results. Like I'm still getting the benefits of the body doubling. And I just think that is so, so cool. And something to consider whether, whether you decide to join our community or whether you do it with a friend and have accountability in another way. Absolutely. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Missy? The more that I've been learning about ADHD, the more interesting I find it. And so it's been linked to genetics and hereditary and stuff like that. And so often people will come to me saying, you know, they have one of their kids may have ADHD. Well, the studies are showing that the chances are at a minimum 50% that one of their parents has it as well. So it's, it's really, I, I just think it's so cool to be invited into those spaces and help develop systems that help the whole family. Because getting organized, I believe, helps anyone and everyone live their life better and more simpler and more efficiently and just easier. You can breathe a little easier with some organization. But for people with ADHD especially, it's like an extra bump up. Like it's an extra leg up to be like, here, this can help you in just so many different areas of your life. Absolutely. 100%. I want to give you a big, big thank you for coming on today and talking about this. We have three episodes in this kind of mini series on the podcast talking about specifically ADHD and home organization and how it all comes together. And the episode that we are having Next week, I am very excited because you introduced me to this person and we're going to be talking with an ADHD coach as far as the podcast goes, but also as far as my life goes, I just want to say thank you because you make such a difference in it and I appreciate you. Oh my goodness. The feeling is very, very mutual. And thank you so much for inviting me to be on the podcast. I'm also excited to hear, I'm guessing that's Jen that you have coming next week. So yeah, yay. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, me too. It's going to be so good. And where can folks find you? We'll be sure to keep, to have your uh, links in the show notes as well. So where can folks find you on the internet? I'm on Instagram at Clear Spaces Organizing and on Facebook as well, Clear Spaces Organizing MN for Minnesota. And there's links to my website there. I'm sure Carly will link that up too, but happy to help if people want to work together virtually or in person. Yeah, this is a passion for me and I'd love to help you make your home more peaceful. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Minty. And we will definitely have to have you back in the future to talk about more home organization goodness. Thanks, Carly. If you're enjoying this episode, we would love if you would rate and review the show. It helps us get in front of more people and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about how I can help you, head to tidyrevival.com to learn more about how I work with people one-on-one or in the clutter-free home process private community. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you'll always have access to the latest show. We would also love to hear your takeaways. Feel free to tag us at Tidy Revival on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. The Tidy Revival podcast is written and hosted by me, Carly Adams, and edited by Brittany McLean. Idol song Maverick is by Dresden the Flamingo. And until next time, remember that you got this.